0: Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts and today I'm joined by the lovely Lizzie Palmer and I say lovely because she is my girlfriend (laughs) Um, but she is a really good poet as well and I would have had her on as a guest even if we weren't stepping out and to prove that (laughs) we're going to start with a uh, poem from Lizzie
1: the lost man did you observe within his eyes the glint of spinning compass needles those designs which looked at first like the established print of maps of roads well trodden or the lines of heavenly assembly on the chart to you initially did he appear as anything but lost or set apart when did you realize he wasn't here you might encounter him more frequently than you would guess and when you saw him last Were you convinced that he would always be positioned firmly forward of the past? But did you note the ease with which he'll leave and come into the room? And did his ease mislead you? Know that he will not deceive you purposely. His words are sincere. He's unsure of where his true intentions lie, of where his tracks have been laid up to now, and who might think them permanent, and why, having himself made no such kind of vow. His steps seem so assured. Did you detect the gravity, his bearing and the draw of everything toward him, the effect which means he is pursued? What he hunts for is unfixed, so his search is without close. And were you told of his adventures? Did his tales of leading all those lives compose both awe and hope within your heart, amid belief that he might almost have resigned his voyage to completion? Did it seem that in his own heart all had been aligned? He tells his story as he goes midstream not waiting for the end he cannot see the resolution endlessly delayed and did he sing and did the melody remind you of a songbird serenade content enough to please each passing ear or did the subtle cadences evoke the mourning of one caged year after year forgetting the desire for which he spoke he will reveal the contents of his hand though in that decorated way of his but you will read and feel you understand and lay your own hand down the lost man is like everyone and no one you will meet his echoes in the facets of the crowd but no reflection will be quite complete nor each reverberation quite as loud as his presence diminishes thereby and fade it will more quickly than you think though on your mind his force will multiply as on your heart the weight will make it sink so do try if you will to offer him some refuge He may even find you soon, your warm lights full and steady in the dim dusk harbour, welcoming and opportune. But knots and tethers loosen in his grip, and like a vessel fashioned for the chase, off he'll be carried on the nearest rip, and you or I can hazard at the place. And you will stand there, waving out to sea, and teeter, signalling through sheets of rain, into the wind, then find yourself to be as lost as he, and ever so remain.
0: Thank you very much. Hello Lizzie. Hello. How are you? Fine, thank you. I know. Because <laughs> of course we're pretending to have just started talking just now but we've obviously not. So, But hopefully this goes better than last time. Hopefully. That was yeah, really good. we tried dreadful. this before and um, trying to pretend that like we didn't know each other and it was very awkward. It's a while awkward. And uh, we're going to have a very formal conversation now with a microphone in front of us. Um, why poetry, Lizzie?
1: Why, oh, why? I mean, it's something that I've done, I mean, obviously not since I can remember, but certainly since I can remember starting to write creatively. um, I mean, once I learned to read and write, it became clear, I think, pretty quickly that English was the subject I was best at and the one that I enjoyed above all the others. Um, I think I was intrigued immediately by how, language could be used creatively, Um, I think I had that extra perception for it quite early on. Um, Also, you know, you hear a lot of writers and artists talking about how their creative pursuits are more like an affliction than anything else, and I think there's definitely that element to it for me as well, I'm quite taken by the stereotype of the tragic romantic artist. You um, are proper tragedy. <laughs> proper emo. <laughs> um, overall, though, I think you know my my angsty teenage years cemented my love of poetry, in particular, uh, properly. And the thing that still strikes me as being, you know, maybe my favourite thing about it is the human ability to be able to share affinities with each other across distances. So, you know, distance in terms of space and time, for instance you know, I'd sit there reading a, a John Clare poem as a 14 year old and thinking, well this guy's been dead for however many hundreds of years and he's written exactly how I'm feeling right now I think that's, that's so a really do, beautiful thing Do you aim
0: for your poetry to be an act of communi- communication? Uh, ultimately?
1: I guess so, I mean I've just always just wanted to write how I feel really, I think you know, you've I'm sure you understand this as well, the sort of compulsive, almost compulsive need to do it and to express your feelings and ideas, Um, even if it's not a particularly pleasant thing to do all the time. um, I'd say that's probably at the bottom of everything for me, that idea, yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And how often do you read your uh, (laughs) angst-ridden, painful outpourings in public? (laughs) Um,
1: I mean the last year or two I've been doing it a lot although that's kind of tapered off in recent months but I think we all once we start out performing try and go to everything as much as possible every single night we can find Um, but I think I've realized that doing that has meant that I haven't had as much time for writing which is obviously the most important thing Um, so I mean you know once you've established yourself your presence a bit um you know and found the nights that you really like to go to and what you fit in the most i think it's probably okay to sort of step back and have a bit of a break from it so recently i've not been doing very much i've done a few features at certain nights but um yeah I'm concentrating more on, on writing again now i think rather than performing
0: the root of all the problems <laughs> yeah the <laughs> writing <laughs> yeah should <laughs> we have another plan, please yeah
1: Uh, This, like many of my poems, doesn't have a title. Never enough to fill my heart, this plugless bath with an eternal tap, thirsty for overflowing but with every influx of the wishful deep is drained, retaining in the trap mere residue of what I could not keep. As with a glutton's will to eat, the urgent appetite is never spent. For having tasted what is sweet, and this gulping excess past its fill, My heart could never be content, despite overabundance, overkill. Far from unthankful, I feel such that I give thanks with full receipt, And crave more love because I love so much. And I rage, knowing only how to burn, Reach on for things I cannot save, And love and take and drink and fill and yearn.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I've heard that poem a lot. and I read it myself and I'm still surprised when it ends. It doesn't <laughs> feel too short, but at the same time, definitely feels too short. <laughs> anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. Um, <laughs> how do you critique your own work? And do you have uh, people you share your writing with?
1: Or... Um, I've never been very good at seeking critique. And I don't know if that is down to my, you know, compulsive writing for myself or whether I'm scared of it, which probably is more likely. Um, I think since I've been performing, I mean like we all do at the start, I probably did rely too much on audiences for, you know, to gauge how well received I was. But, you know, aside from that, it's always just been certain friends and family members who I've given everything to to read and they've given me feedback. Although, obviously, they're always going to be really nice about it. So, yeah, that's definitely something that I am looking to do more of. And I've been in, you know, workshop kind of environments before and I found that really useful and quite enjoyable, actually. Yeah,
0: because when you studied... Mm you attended some poetry classes. I did a
1: poetry writing course yeah. yeah um and that actually that was probably the first time that I I was really inspired and had this huge rush of creativity and like sharing ideas with each other and you know bouncing off other people and did doing the, writing exercises and did trying to inspiration things. come
0: from the critiquing or at least the process of discussing the I idea. think
1: it was the process of doing it and oh. I've,
0: it's just I find it interesting that a, a lot of artists and poets are scared about having their work, work critiqued. yeah it's, it's, it, I think it's just a shame because you're sort of clo- you're denying yourself the, the inspiration of hearing those ideas out mm, loud.: and
1: Yeah no, I definitely agree with you in theory, but I think it's when it comes down to being you know under the spotlight and having people. Pick it apart. It's it's a bit frightening, but I think once that's done, it is very healthy and mm. it does feel better. And obviously, starts you thinking more about what you're doing, but, which is um,
0: important. In the last feature length uh, podcast, when I was speaking, speaking to Live Winter, we discussed how there's a there's a difference between critiquing and crit, criticizing someone's yeah. work. Mm. And with her, she studied art and studied life for a bit, and the, the critiquing there is not as terrifying because you're not being picked apart or, you know, in the same way. How would you like to see your writing progress?
1: Um, I think everyone who knows me in this capacity at the moment knows that I'm feeling in a bit of a creative crisis at the moment. Um, So I'm thinking a lot about progression and what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, although I haven't actually made any progress in that yet, (laughs) I don't think. Um, But I think the main thing is... Just writing more again, um, not forgetting to take my notebook out with me, which I've been doing all the time. Bad. Uh, naughty. Naughty, naughty poet. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it really. Just, yeah, you know, maybe seeking more critique and writing more and trying new things and then seeing where that goes.
0: How about another poem? Why not? One last poem. Okay.
1: Again, no title. (laughs) Shut up. I say
0: say that as uh, as someone who has one poem with a title, but then I have only written three poems. Yeah, so be quiet.
1: (laughs) I want to make portraits of you from the feet up and sculpt your hands from alabaster. I want to tell you that your neck is so beautiful it reminds me of Russian ballet dances and that your face is the one I pictured when, as a child, I read the Saki story about the strange, hungry, exotic boy in the woods. I want to list your parts solely in terms of artistic movements, writing peaceful manifestos for each one. I want to write you innumerable list poems, each of them more than a third too long, then flesh them out in permanent marker over every bit of unclaimed wall space in London over every bit of you directly. I want you to wear my badges of dishonour. I want to speak of how the immense weight of your sadness would surely lie like feathers on the plinth of my regard. Of how I've been listening to the glittering chaotic turbulence of the workings of your inner universe with cupped hands pressed up against your poems. Of how I've been dreaming darkly. I want to get all these ideas out urgently before I find time to confine them to meter. I want to tell you all the things I think before I sabotage myself once again. I want to seize every one of your generously offered opportunities. I want to catch up to you, to overtake you, and like Joni Mitchell said, I want to knit you a sweater, want to write you a love letter, I want to make you feel better. I want to stop reading from the page. I want to stop raging silently. I want to be half as brave as you are. I want to give you everything you deserve. I want to give you everything. I want to tell you. To tell you it feels like everything I've ever lost come back to me. And I want to make you believe me.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Just a couple of last questions. Um, What have been the main influences over your development as a writer and performer?
1: Well, most recently, um, it's definitely been the people that I've met since I've been reading and performing, um, in the last couple of years. Um, you lot, basically. Um, I think it's been, obviously, the sort of group of, group of friends that I've become a part of. We're all clearly having an influence on each other, and that. Is constantly changing, and it's you can see each time every one of us performs, we're sort of developing and getting better, and yeah, having an influence on each other. And I think that's a really it's funny, but it's a really beautiful thing as well. Um, that's definitely inspired me the most um, recently, anyway. Um, but before that, going back to when I really seriously got into writing poetry. Um, it was mainly older traditional um, poets, particularly the Romantics. Um, that's it, really. You know, love and that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, people sitting alone with pens rather than talking to people.
1: Yeah. Love it. <laughs>
0: what would you recommend to our listeners to go out and see read or watch apart from sitting in the corner (laughs) staring at the wall (laughs) crying (laughs) into your face
1: this is the question i was really worried about because i've been so terrible i haven't read or watched or done anything recently so (laughs)
0: it's a complete fucking myth that poets read anything because every time i ask anyone i've had about two about five percent of people read any books
1: yeah um I don't know. I mean, I think maybe I'll just reiterate what Rachel Black said in her podcast, just try and see and do as much as you can and widen your horizons and try and catch your inspiration from you know whatever you see and hear and read. I think that's a good good piece of advice. So I will underline that as my answer. <laughs>
0: you can't (laughs) audio recording (laughs) anyway um, so if any of you out there uh, like what Lizzie read today you can we host Silence Found a Tongue together which is a monthly um, poetry night or spoken word night with featured acts and uh, open mics down in Waterloo you can follow us on twitter at I think it's silent oh it's silent underscore tongue that's what it is just yeah. should try and remember that and I, I'm sort of in charge of the twitter but I will post if Lizzie's featuring or doing anything I can and be then, bothered yeah if I can be bothered <laughs> I will be bothered I'm always bothered no I mean if I can oh, be bothered yeah, to, to write or read yeah, anything yeah. So,
1: yeah. and
0: on facebook as well on our facebook page um we don't either of us have individual twitter accounts or um poetry pages uh but check out lunar poetry as well on their website because that will have stuff about myself and lizzie because we host that night and yeah as a unit,
1: as a unit
0: <laughs> quite the unit I'm um, it's going to trail off into nonsense now if i don't stop it so thank you very much lizzie
1: thank you david
0: um we're going to go and have some dinner and you lot